This is 12 Meters Podcast number 3. I am your host, Alpesh Parma, wishing you Merry Christmas. I will be talking about how you can pay your mortgage faster using line of credit strategy. So I have Bill Westrom of Truth and Equity with me today. Um, and we, want, we are going to discuss about how we can take advantage of uh, additional equity in your house to pay down the mortgage much faster. Usually we end up as homeowners or, or even investors, we end up refinancing the property and taking most of the equity out, but then we restart the clock of 30 years again. Uh, instead, there are some neat strategies um, and I've been working personally with Bill uh, to implement this strategy for my whole primary home as well. So welcome, Bill. Thank you, Alpesh. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. Um, so, hey, Bill, can you explain us what this is about uh, and how long have you, uh, okay, let me even backtrack. How long have you been doing this strategy and why, why everyone is not aware about this strategy? Well, uh, I've personally been involved for about 15 years from when I first got introduced to it as a mortgage broker back in uh, 2000, well, actually just 2001. So I guess I'm close to you know, 16 years, 17 years. Oh, wow. That long. Yeah. Um, but truth and equity has been around since 2006 and, uh, I got introduced to this strategy. The Australians brought it to us, Macquarie bank out of Australia. And I ended up working for them in early 2006 and their business model was to get it to the public via mortgage brokers right? They weren't a retail operation, wholesale. And uh, I realized every broker didn't get it like I did. So I had to, I decided I was going to bring this to the public myself. And I grabbed a guy that did get it and we started equity. But, uh, and that's one reason that it's not a mainstream uh, product or strategy out there is that uh, originally it was brought through brokers. So if you didn't hear about it from a broker, you weren't going to see it on uh, Sunday night football. Oh, I see. You know, and uh, you know, Macquarie has since gone away after the bubble blew up. But again, <laughs> it's just not a mainstream thing. You know, if it's not seen on TV and it's not offered by all our trusted advisors or the B of A's and the Edward Joneses of the world, um, you know, your major advertisers, it's just an unknown, unknown concept. You know, and I'm just a little company. I don't have a multi-million dollar marketing budget that I can you know, spend 500 to a million dollars on a 30 second ad. So, right. And that's really the reason why it's just not, it hasn't been brought mainstream through the media channels. I see. So, um, how does this strategy work? What exactly does a homeowner or an investor needs to do to take advantage of this strategy? Well, before I get to, to what they need to do, let's just, talk about what it is. Oh, okay. yeah, sure. You know, and what we're really talking about is we're talking about a new model of banking and borrowing. Now, okay. that confuses some people because they're not even sure what sort of model they're working under right now. But it's, right. the, it's the basics of how we bank and borrow. Income it goes into a checking account. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finance our lives with low rate and low payment loans. Yeah. You know, we're saving and we're paying less interest. You're saving interest and we're being fiscally responsible. 
And, uh, you know, we chased our life around out of the, the checking account. It's more of a spending model than it is anything else. Exactly. Because we're not getting any financial benefit out of no. what we do. No. Yeah. When I, when I put my money in my savings account, the bank pays me less than 0%, I mean, less than 1%. And they turn it around and use my money to loan the same money to me at four or 5%, right? So yep. we are not saving money. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Now, here's the interesting fact. This is, this is where the benefit of the model, the current model goes. Currently, with all of our debt on a national level, homes, you know, mortgages, cars, student loans, credit cards, we're about $9 trillion in debt as wow. a consumer base. And all that debt has interest. And if you take a very conservative interest rate of 5%, then the institutions, the creditors, if you will, they're earning fifty billion a month in interest. My God, off our, off of these financial products that they they market as a benefit to us. Right <laughs> now, if you look at our deposits, we deposit approximately uh, twelve to thirteen trillion a month, and the banks, from what I've seen, you know, their average rate of return on our deposits is four percent. That's close to another fifty billion a month that they're earning on that's amazing deposits. So that's close to a hundred billion a month that the the current conventional model that we participate in, and it doesn't work if we don't do what what we're told. Right, right. right. Uh, they're earning close to a hundred billion dollars a month. So that's what the current model of checking accounts and low rate, low payment loans is doing to us. All right, so that's the current model. Now, the new model is to practice the same principles the bank practices to earn that money, right? Or let's say to earn on our deposits because they take our deposits and they leverage. That's the key word. Yes. They, yeah, they, they leverage. leverage. I, I, yep. They leverage our income into some interest-bearing activity and they keep all the spoils. Okay, so if leverage is the only principle at play, we can do that easily. And we, we do it every month anyway with our 401ks. We're leveraging yes. a percentage of our income. Down payments for homes, we're leveraging our down payment to secure exactly. the property. So yes. we understand the concept. We just don't understand it on the debt side of the ledger, right? And it, the debt side is probably the most mysterious side of our finances because most of us don't understand it completely beyond a rate and a payment, right? Right. And so that's where I come into play is help people and educate people to understand how the model works and introduce this new model. Well, the new model, as people will discover, and as you've talked about, involves a home equity line of credit, HELOC, all right? So that's the model you are working with, right? When you say new model, that's, that's the model we are talking about in this podcast. Yep, exactly. Now the HELOC is, is a, is, it's not a new tool, but it's going to be a new tool within the new model, right? I see. Because the HELOC has a revolving door, right? Revolving uh -huh. line of credit. We can get yep. in and out at our leisure. So with that capability, it gives us the same liquidity and functionality as far as deposits and withdrawals as a checking account. Okay? Oh, okay. So that allows us to leverage 100% of our income into the line of credit and when we leverage it in the line of credit, it's, be, it's pushing down the balance of the debt in the line of credit. 
right? So if we had a $20,000 balance in the line of credit and we had $10,000 of income, we push our income in and knock the balance down to 10 grand because the leveraging acts like a payment against the balance. So once we do this, we're only paying interest on 10 grand versus the 20 grand we'd pay interest on if our 10 grand was sitting in our checking account. Hmm. Okay. Now we've got a hundred percent of our income into the line of credit, but we'll need a hundred percent of our expenses, lights, groceries, keeping the kids fed, cell phones on their ears. So because of the, the liquidity factor in the revolving door, we can go back in and get what we need without permission, without application. It's ours. So let's say we go in and take $8,000 out to cover all expenses for the month. So we just go in, we get our 8,000, we pay our bills, and we move on to the next month. Okay. So what has happened in that 30 day billing cycle? Well, we saved interest on our 10 grand because we didn't have to pay interest on the 10 grand we leveraged, pull out the eight grand for expenses. And there's a $2,000 difference, 10 in income, eight in expenses. So that reconciled, positive cash flow number, the 2000 is the net payment against the debt for the month. So we started at 20 and we ended at 18. We paid back 2000. We move on to the next month. Okay. So if we've got a $20,000 debt with $2,000 extra per month, we've paid the 20 grand back in 10 months and we've got access to the 20 grand again because it was all resides in our line of credit. That's how it works. I see. So basically I'm just reusing the HELOC money. HELOC, right? It's a revolving line of credit. It's that revolving door that makes the world go around in this thing. Cause that gives us the ability to apply a hundred percent of our income against the debt without losing control. And, con and conversely, if you had a $10,000 paycheck and you sent it to your first mortgage, they're going to take the money. They're not going to call you and ask you if you made a mistake. They're just going to take the money. They'll right. take the they'll take the interest that's owed them because that's all they they have a legal right to. They'll put the interest in their pocket, and they'll apply the rest against the outstanding balance. That'd be a great thing if we could do that, but we can't because it's a closed end loan. There's no revolving door. So when you go back to the your mortgage guy for money for gas and groceries, he's going to hand you a cash out or an application for a cash out refinance. Yes, our money. That's why we can't do it in the current model. That's why we have to have those inherent features of the HELOC, the liquidity, the revolving door and the liquidity to control everything we put in and everything we take out. It's a hard concept for people to understand to have that kind of control over their yeah. debt and their, you know, and what their income is doing for them because it's really putting your income to work and why shouldn't it work for you? Hmm. So do you, um, I, 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 of course, because I have applied this strategy myself, so I, I understand, but do you have an example or some examples of this strategy? Let's say, you know, I buy a half a million dollar house. What exactly do I need to do if I'm buying an, a property or, you know, if I'm sitting on a nice equity, right? What are the steps? Well, uh, well, but to be honest with you, the, the first step you should have to do is, is make sure you, you're working with somebody that's got some expertise in the HELOC business and how to implement and run this strategy. Because understanding how it works is one thing, as you, you've well discovered. You know, with yes. my help, we got the right HELOC for the job. Yes. And you and I spent plenty of time 
you know, breaking your budget apart piece by piece and then reconstructing it within the confines of the new strategy. Okay. Uh, I totally agree. You know? um, without your help, I wouldn't have known which lock to choose exactly on which date I should be paying uh, my expenses or credit card statements. That there is a lot more involved. Yep. Um, but to, to get back to your original question, uh, you know, if you're buying a home, right, and you want to implement this strategy, well, it's all going to come down to the numbers as far as you know the purchase price how much you're bringing down and fitting it within the lending parameters of the banking world. I mean, we, we all have to follow their rules right. to be able to qualify for the loan. Right? And that's a big part of what I do is being able to identify, you know, what bank we're going to go to based on those parameters and how we're going to structure the financing. Cause there's a, it's almost like the investment world. One size doesn't fit all. Nope. That's why you got financial advisors and planners to help consumers strategize through, you know, navigate the complex world of investment. Well, this is no different. It's just in a different channel, the debt channel and the loan channel. Uh, so again, in every bank's a little different. So, but the interesting thing is, is even if you don't have the equity or capability of getting a HELOC on a piece of property, we can start the program with an unsecured line of credit because it's the same animal. It's just not secured by real estate. Now the rate will be a little higher due to it being an unsecured loan, but it's a temporary fix to build the equity needed in the primary home or the investment home to qualify for the HELOC. So once we do get to that point, we'll jettison the unsecured line and we'll move into a HELOC. I see. So uh, again, you just you have to be lendable. That's if, if there's a if there's one phrase to answer your question, we have to be lendable one way or the other. Right. To implement the program. So can you give me an example or maybe a couple of examples from your past, uh, you know, uh, clients who have implemented this strategy and how long did it take them to, you know, pay off the mortgage? Just one or two examples. Uh, okay. Well, numbers. I'm gonna. Since the unsecured line of credit theme is fresh in our brain here, I'll give you a great story on, on that side of it. Had a couple in Colorado, didn't have the equity to get a HELOC, so we got the PLOC. Okay. All they could qualify for was $7,500. Oh, wow. The interest rate was 12.75%. No way. Yep. And of course, that took a little prodding on my behalf to <laughs> for them to sign on that loan. <laughs> As I preach all the time, Rate doesn't cost us the money, the balance does. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we implemented the strategy utilizing that 7,500 and within six months, right? Uh, along with appreciation, we went from a $7,500 unsecured line at 13% to a $30,000 HELOC at four and three quarters. Oh, nice. Within six months. And uh, so again, we just started using the HELOC. Now they're not, they're still, couple of years into the program so they're a few right. years off but they're needless to say they were rather impressed with uh, how quickly that worked at 13 percent um awesome. let me pick another story uh another guy in um out in the east coast uh, he had a pretty decent sized mortgage yeah i can't remember exact number but i had a projected payoff for him of three years and two months and he hit it on the month Oh. And then what he did is he quit his job, 
he sold the home and seller financed it, meaning he kept the note, he wrote the note, he became the bank. And he got a $30,000 down payment and he's still collecting a check for $1,600 a month off that note that he put on the house that he paid off utilizing our program. That's an amazing story. Wow. Yeah. And I don't think we have the time because I could sit here and uh, give you dozens of them. Right. But uh, it's an amazing thing. And and really it just comes down to uh, applying 100% of your income against a debt balance. 24 seven until it's gone. It's an amazing thing. So let's say, you know, I, I did this strategy, of course, but let's say I'm someone else. I take the HELOC money and spend it on a nice vacation and a, and a Tesla. Would this still work? Well, yeah, it sure will work because you can have that great vacation and go buy the Tesla. Right now, again, now we've added more debt. Yeah, okay? exactly. So, if we are adding a debt balance to the original balance, you know, mortgage balance, well, obviously that's going to slow things down a little bit because a debt balance is a debt balance. It's got to be taken care of. But depending on the numbers, you know, $2,000 a month, as we were using earlier, if you took a $10,000 vacation, you've got the thing paid back in, in how many months? Five months. And you get to go utilize the 10 grand that you spent on your vacation because everything you paid back landed in your line of credit. So now we'd start, you know, now, now we've got a Tesla. I don't know. What's a Tesla cost? 80 grand. Yeah. 80 right. grand, 220, whatever. <laughs> right. Well, 80,000 to 2000 a month. Now it's going to take a little while. It's going to take a few years to get that paid off. Right. Right. But again, in, you know, on an $80,000 purchase, I mean, what's the, what's a, a payment on that thing? Right. What's a, what, I don't even about, know. What a, a, yeah. A, a, thousand to 1200. Yeah. 1200 bucks a month that you're stuck with for six years to pay it off when you run this program and have it paid off and you're not stuck with that $1,200 payment. You're only obligated to the interest. You know, if you can have that thing paid off in four years, it's a beautiful thing because you've self-financed it. You become your own self-financier through this line of credit, which means now you're, everything is done on your terms and not theirs, which is a beautiful thing. So again, you pay the Tesla off in four years. So your vacation's paid off in five months. Your Tesla's paid off in, in four years. We added four and a half years to the payoff of your current mortgage because we had to divert funds. But you know, if we moved it, if that moved the dial from an eight year payoff in your mortgage to 12 and a half years for everything, I think you're still a lot better off than 30, 30 years. Don't you? I agree. <laughs> now here's another great thing, right? Just like the, you get access to your vacation money. Well, the 80 grand you spent on the Tesla is now available to you. So we're going to use the equity in the Tesla within the line of credit to go pay off your mortgage. Oh, I did not think of that. Uh-huh. Cause it's, it's your line of credit. The line of credit is an endless supply supply of working capital as long as you're paying back what you borrow. I get it. So um, don't you have to be a little responsible to apply this strategy and, and be careful with your money? No. Yes. And now a lot of people like to use the word discipline. Yep. I hate that word. 
That's why I did not use that word. I was going to use that word. Yeah, it has ne- too much negative connotation to it, right? <laughs> it's like being disciplined enough to go to the gym. We all fail at that every day. Yeah. We all know we should go to the gym and work out and be healthy, but we fail at it every day because it's work and it's no fun. What I like to refer to as fiscal responsibility, right? Yep. So if you're a fiscally responsible individual going into the program and you maintain that fiscal responsibility, you'll be fine. Just don't be a fool with your money. All right. So um, who are good candidates to apply this model? Let's say some you know, existing homeowners, who would be good candidates? Well, good candidates for this program. For one, the fiscally responsible. Okay. A number one. If you're fiscally responsible, more than likely you're going to be lendable. Good credit. Uh, yes. That's right. True. Good good credit. You know, you, you meet all the underwriting guidelines. So fiscal responsibility, lendability, but more importantly, want and desire. You got to want to get out of or get off the treadmill. You want it, you know, the conventional model is the treadmill. You really don't want to really need to understand the problem with it and you want to get off. And you're willing to make a change to do it. I agree. And then, of course, positive cash flow is, is critical for the acceleration process. Yeah, so that's what I was going. So your income has to be more than your expenses. You yes, 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 yes. And don't you need to have some equity in the property? Or you can, if you don't, then you can take advantage of personal line of credit, right? Yep, you need, equ- you need equity for a, for a HELOC. You need good credit for an unsecured loan. Okay, I see. So, so basically, um, you should be fiscal responsible. You know, in turn, right? You got to have good credit, and your expenses should be lower than your income. Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, keep it, if I can add to that real quick, because sometimes yeah. people will look at their personal budget and say, "I'm no good because I have no cash flow." <laughs> well. We like to be able to take a look at it because a lot of times people don't have cash flow because they have consumer debt, credit cards, vehicles, student loans, right? Those consumer debts, the payments on those consumer debts and the money needed to service that cash flow killers, right? They uh, that sucks yes. up more cash flow out of somebody's pocket than just about anything. So if we can attack those debts first and get back, take back control of that cash flow, then we can turn somebody that doesn't believe themselves to be a good candidate into a phenomenal candidate. I see. But it, but it just comes down to breaking down the numbers and running an analysis to see, you know, see what the end result would be. Got it. And uh, do you work with everyone uh, throughout an entire U.S. or are you, uh, you know, focused on certain states? No, we're, we're border to border, shore to shore. We can work with any homeowner in any state in the country. Got it. Cool. This, this is awesome. Is there anything else we forgot to talk about, Bill, or you would like to add? Well, what I'd like to add, because a lot of people are relying on the internet as their educational resource with yeah. this thing. And inherently, the internet, it's come to be known as, you know, the, the, teaching you everything you ever need to know, <laughs> right? Now, if you want to change the brakes on a, a 19 or a 2000 Chevy, hey, you gotta, you'll find lots of videos and they're really good yep. how to change brakes. 
But when it comes to this subject matter, it's all informational. It's not educational to teach you how to do it. It's there to help you understand the concept and, and be driven to, you know, an expert that can help you through the process. So don't rely on the internet as your, your teacher because the internet cannot customize an approach specifically for you because the internet knows nothing about you, your budget, where you sit in life, where you want to go, you know, college kid tuitions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So don't rely on the internet as your educational resource to, to put this together. Get some professional help. That's probably one of the most important things I can relay to the public. I couldn't agree more, um, especially that I signed up for your program as well. Well, and, you know, as you've experienced, you know, the real key to the success for my customers is the service that I provide beyond, beyond helping them get the right HELOC, right? It's the how to do it, how to run life day to day, week to week, being the that you're doing things properly, doing things as instructed and getting the most out of the program. I agree. And, you know, and that's a, that's critical to success. So you're not left to your own devices. And, uh, you know, and through, through some of your referrals and I got a lot of guys across the country, I love working with investors. I've helped investors double the rate of acquisition compared to what they would have done under the conventional model. And I have a lot of fun strategizing, you know, short and long-term goals for somebody to fill their real estate portfolio. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal program for investors. And yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm, while I'm trying to pay down my mortgage, I'm also taking advantage of the HELOC, a pretty good amount of HELOC I have, of course, um, and acquiring properties as well at the same time. Because um, really, whatever whoever comes to to us, whatever their agenda is my agenda. Whatever you want to do, just tell me what you want to do. Pay off the primary, invest. Maybe we can serve both masters at the same time. But whatever you want to do, I'm just going to help you get there faster than you would without knowing me. And I love what I do. It's a lot of fun. Exactly. I think you got to enjoy what you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to help everyone, right? So. That's yep. the key. That's the key. You got to have passion. Yep. Got to have passion. So uh, that that was great. So Bill, how do people reach out to you? Um, well, dot com forward slash wealth matters, and that will lead them right to your guest book page, Alpesh, and uh, they just complete their profile, and somebody will contact them to schedule another meeting to go through their numbers and. See, uh, conduct a thorough analysis to see what this thing will do for them, and then our recommendations will be made at that time. That's perfect. And if anyone of the listener wants to get more information about this from me, um, then please reach out to me as well via email alpesh at wealthmatters.com, uh, and I would be able to, you know, give you firsthand. Um, idea about what I have been through and how I have been working with Bill uh, on this thing. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much, Bill. Thank you, Alpesh. It was certainly a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a blessed day and see you next week.